everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two to four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we did the final two episodes, 15 and 16, of Crash Landing on You. Oh my Whoa. god. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, We watched it together. We did it. We coordinated yeah. our schedules. Uh, shout out to Netflix Party Extension for giving us the ability to more easily do it instead of having to do a countdown when we watch it. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Uh, yeah, no, the Netflix Party Extension has been a huge lifesaver. And um, we did have to video chat because we could not read and express our emotions at the same time. But you better believe it was mostly just Emily and I crying into a Discord audio chat. Yeah. So much crying, so many tears. Yeah. But gosh, what a good time. And kudos to us for finally figuring out time math enough to get that 15-hour time difference worked out so that we could watch a finale together. It's been a couple years since we've done that. Yeah, we used to... I think the last time I can remember doing that was... I remember watching episodes of While You Were Sleeping together. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't remember any since then, though. I just remember us, like, getting to verbally rage over our Roomba uh, in, <laughs> in while you were sleeping, so. And, oh, we might have also, did we watch the Goblin finale together? But that was before while you were sleeping. Yeah, that was a while back. But I do feel like we committed to watching a lot of Goblin together. Mm -hmm. I don't think I had a job back then. And you might have been off work post-surgery. Yeah, well, I think I for sure was uh, working part-time if I did have a job, which freed up a lot of time. And then, yeah, I also had surgery scheduled, or maybe it was post-surgery. I do not remember, but I, th you know what? Time differences are a lot easier to navigate when you are unemployed, so I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time for you to quit your job. I yeah. would like to quit my job. But I do really, really like my job, and I do appreciate my health care. Um, you hate your job. You do also appreciate your health care, though. I do appreciate my health care. Gee dang it. Yep. That's the hardest part of wanting to walk away from a job that maybe you want to walk away from, is that uh, America's good, good capitalistic health care. Is that what we call it? Not socialized health care? Yeah. Non-universal healthcare? Non-universal? You do not have a right to it in America. You have a right to it if and only if you have so much money or a job. Why did we do this? I think it's become increasingly clear that we watched the episodes five days ago and we did not take <laughs> notes and we are very unprepared to talk about the show. Yeah, um... Our bad. Yes. So we're here now. We remember barely any of it. So it might be mm -hmm. a very feelings-based podcast today. Yeah, which I hope we do it justice, because this has been the best drama probably ever for me. Maybe it was a ever. big one for me. Yeah. I didn't think that it was for years. We've been, like, using Goblin as kind of the bar, like, setting the bar of expectation yeah. that we have for all other K-dramas. And I think this is the first one that fully succeeded, like fully exceeded the bar of expectation. It topped Goblin because the female lead yeah. was not a high schooler. Yep. See, that's How all you had to do, do Goblin. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> also, the male lead was the male lead was uh, Hyunbin, which I'm not saying that yeah, Gongyu isn't sued. Yeah, sorry. Okay, I, I'll so listen. I know who I just made angry, but listen. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gongyu is great. He's exceptional and perfect and beautiful. Hyunbin has, like, ruined me, though. <laughs> so. I'm happy for we you. All, we all have our ultimate bias, you know? So. Yep. Ji Chengwook, Hyunbin for Raquel, Gongyu for others. Dang. I'm so glad you found a new ultimate bias. That's really fun. And I'm actually thinking you maybe need to edit this out because it gives me anxiety even putting it in the world that I uh, adore Hyunbin this much. I take it all back. I don't know because I'm an emotionally broken person. <laughs> Hyunbin, when you listen to this, just don't take it the weird way. Take it the really nice yeah. way. It's just like a really normal, like I think you're really neat. You did a great job, Hyunbin. You did a great job. And we're super normal. It's the most normal. <laughs> That's what normal people say. Um, so I guess we'll kind of go through the endings that we remember, like different characters' endings. First, we have Jo Chol Gong. I think his ending came the quickest, right at the top there. Pretty early. He went out with uh, the most manipulation someone could... Mu- so, here's where I had a problem with... <laughs> how he went out. He had so many words left inside of him. I'm surprised because of all the space the bullets were taking up because there was a lot of bullets and he just, he still had enough words, you know, to really uh, completely wreck Junhyuk's entire psyche and uh, his ability to just like function for weeks. That's not fair. You were shot so many times. Please be quiet. It was hard to watch, but he died, and that's nice. <laughs> it's a start. I wanted him it's to die the, very badly. As a favor to us, he went ahead and kicked the bucket, so. <laughs> also, when he died, Hyunbin didn't die. Sorry, why do I call him Hyunbin? When he died, Ri Jung-hyuk didn't die, and that was even better. I was definitely worried. I guess he has enough plot armor that I wasn't too scared, but I was a little bit worried about that gun to the head moment. That mm-hmm. was hard to watch. I think we, I think we all had a little mini crisis. Definitely with you on that one. I, it is so scary to be in the final few episodes of any K drama because that is the do or die moment, which is to say, like. Honestly, if a character died in the second to last episode, even if it was a main character, I don't know if I would be extremely surprised. I guess maybe at the top of the second to last episode. Yeah. But... Probably wouldn't happen, but I could see it. Mm Mm-hmm. That, because the plot armor starts to weaken at the end, you know? They have too much to do. Too much to keep, keep you coming back for the last two episodes. So they could have killed him. But they didn't, thank goodness. Whoop whoop. Um, you know who they did kill that we totally said they're just, they're making us like him just before they kill him. And we were joking at the time because ha ha ha, what a funny joke to say they're gonna kill Gu Sung Jun because now we like him. 
And joke's on us. Joke's on us. We went ahead and made the joke, and then we had regrets, you know? I guess we can't make jokes anymore. This podcast has become a really dry place to live. Because <laughs> uh, we went ahead and cried all of our tears for for a good boy. And, yep, we're no more jokes. Now. I don't have... Yeah, we're in the desert. Um, That was devastating, because uh, his character arc was everything to me and they knew that and that's why they took him away from us yep i hate that i love that sodan went on to lead a better life because she had fallen in love and i love that there was this aspect to the show like her mom goes to see a psychic and asks if sodan will ever fall in love again and there is just a, a slight there's at least one scene where it talks about sodan doesn't need to fall in love again. She felt love, and she felt whole. And I think her mom giving up really easily and saying, at least to her brother, and maybe also to the fortune teller, like, oh, okay, she felt it once, and it was enough, and somebody else is telling me that. Now I can see that. I can see that I shouldn't pressure her into falling in love again. And that was so nice. What a nice yeah. wrap-up to this beautiful mother-daughter relationship that I've been such a fan of. Yeah, I love also when one character's growth bleeds so perfectly and visibly into another character's growth and understanding of the world, which was a really cool moment when Soren's mom uh, met with Rijon Hyuk's mom, and they uh, had a discussion about why why the wedding couldn't happen why their children wouldn't be getting married and um soran's mom said a really beautiful thing about um i wish i had written it down i don't i don't do that anymore <laughs> i don't i don't take complete notes or uh make anything cohesive these days but uh it was along the lines of what can i do when they love each other so completely with their whole lives. Oof. Or more than life. I think she said I, they love yeah. each other more than life. So what am I to do? I can't make her marry someone else knowing that someone is out there who loves her that much. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, you're a really good mom. <sighs> I think, like you said, it was a little bit of a moment for Jung Hyuk's mom as well where she had that realization inside her, I think. She could see how clearly Yun Seri and Ri Jung-hyuk loved and cared for each other. But I think she would have still gone along with the marriage to Sodan just because it was already planned. Yeah, it was like a matter of honor, but also a matter of comfort for her son, which is to say, I think maybe there was just kind of a level of... It's not the person he's in love with, but it will be a good enough life. Yeah. And he'll be here, and he'll be close to me. You know, just the thoughts that it's that thing where you can never help but be just a little bit selfish. Like, I don't know, I'm not a- I have a dog, you know? I'm not a parent <laughs> of a human. I don't have to worry about this stuff. Um, but I imagine that you would desperately wish for your child to be, like, close to you with a simpler life that isn't painful, like loving a South Korean that you can never see again. <laughs> yeah. You can see that struggle with 
Yinsei Ri's mom as well, where I don't think she ever considers Yunsei Ri falling in love with someone else, but she does see how much pain it causes, at least for the first couple years when they're separated and Ri Jonghyuk seems to be gone forever and Seiri is still looking for him. She can see how much it's hurting her daughter and it's borderline like, I can't approve of this anymore. It's hurting you so much. I just want you to be comfortable and I want you to live a normal life again. And it's, yeah, it's, it's neat seeing all these parents struggle with what does it mean to be a good parent? What does it mean to be a good mom? Honestly, the parents really showed up in these last two episodes, like just really freaking, I mean, in some cases, guns blazing showed up for their kids. <laughs> Rachel Young's dad, hello, welcome to the gunfight. I love to see how you got your position, and bummer that it was murder, but honestly not that surprising. Apparently, that's how you get and keep power in North Korea, so like... I'm kind of here for it. Look at you go protecting your your good boys, our good boys. Everyone's good boys. Everyone's good boys. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what I said. Um, I think our audio had cut out when we were watching the episode together at that part. But I remember saying something along the lines of, if anyone hurts any one of these good boys, we have to turn the show off. <laughs> Because they were all about to go execution style, which is rough. Which is rough. And like you said, we were in, what, episode 15, episode 16? We were at the end game. They could have all just died. And wow, what a bad ending to a show. But I mean, it's North Korea. What did we expect when we started watching a show based in North Korea? That they would go home and have a happy life? I mean, I wanted it but I would not have been surprised if they'd all died on the road. Yeah, I mean, we got it in a way that surprised me deeply. Like, everyone got their very good happy ending. But also, yeah, if if things had not gone well, I also would not have been like, how dare they pull this out of nowhere? <laughs> I just would have said, how dare they? Yeah, but gosh darn, what good endings those boys had. That scene... <laughs> It was an unexpected cry for Raquel and I when Ri Jungya is saying goodbye to all his good boys in yeah. the neighborhood. They had a little family dinner and with all the ladies and all the boys as a final goodbye. Ri Jung-hyuk's going off to piano school or somewhere. To be a perform performer? To perform piano? To be a musician? Pianist. Pianist. Uh... That was such a good scene for so many reasons. I just, it was a satisfying goodbye, and it's heartbreaking because you kind of want everyone you love to be able to stay close and together forever. Like, you never want a single person to ever leave or have to be separate from each other. But boy, howdy, was it a satisfying um, thing, especially with Ri Jun Hyuk at the like very, very end after their little dinner party. Where he uh, looks back, you know, and has that moment. I'm a, like, frustratingly sentimental person about places. Especially, yeah, if I have a lot of happy memories in those places. Like, whenever I move out of an apartment or out of, like, a home that I won't see again, I get so emotional um, about, like, 
little moments. And so even though it seems stupid, like, TV movie thing to have little flashbacks of all of his and Sari's good good times in that home, for me, it was super real. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah, for me, it was the just sitting around the table and appreciating all the faces of the people who had been such a big part of your life for the past however many years he'd been in that house. The Definitely the taking for granted all the ladies who barge into your house before you come home and fill your crocs with food and taking for granted all the boys that you've worked with for the past few years and the wiretapper who lived down the street and all these memories that you had, like the big ones and the small ones, and just saying goodbye to it all, especially when you've finally gotten to a place where you're all sitting down having dinners together and then being like, but that means it's time for me to go. That means things have changed and this is over. It's like, all right, hit me with the realness then. Yep, go ahead and make me cry all of my tears because the episode before this wasn't hard enough. So gotta just keep pulling out those stops. Because you know that feeling of going into a situation like high school or college especially, or moving to a new town, a new job, and you, you finally get this friend group that's like real and perfect, and you don't even realize that you have them until you say goodbye to them. Hello, don't do that. Yeah, um, little soft brag that, uh, I guess it's a brag, I don't know, just like a note of like just how relatable this is. I had, when I left Washington State, uh, I had some friends throw a surprise party for me at my favorite restaurant, and I have never been, I've never had a surprise party thrown. And you better believe I sat at that dinner table in public and just, like, read the card they wrote me and cried my dumb fucking face off while they all <laughs> tried to, like, eat their meals and, like, be normal. And <laughs> so kudos to Regen Hyuk for holding it together, honestly. Yeah, you stoic man. Well done beautiful to watch. Um, I feel like I almost don't want to jump into the Ri Jung Hak and Yoon Se Ri story yet, because there's one million and ten things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Everything happened between them. First, I will say, I did change my mind on that bridge scene, where I said it was too much, and maybe did they really need to meet on the bridge when they'd already had the like piano scene that saved her life? We don't need two scenes. Thank you. Goodbye. But color me stupid, because then we watched these two episodes, and they go to another bridge. He reveals that they were on the bridge together. They have this magic moment. Was that these two episodes or the last two? Am I being dumb? I think, well, for sure, that was... I feel like that bridge moment was... No. I mean, it was it all the- up. It was in the last two, because these two, they didn't have any time to go to a bridge. He was in prison, and she was in the hospital for, like, a solid chunk of these last episodes. Okay, I'll just edit that all out. Okay. But uh, they did reference it back when she was... Um, we were all sure that Seiri was dying in that moment, right? Like, I wasn't... Did you think her plot armor would pull her through that, or did you think she was a goner? Because I felt like it was between her... And, um... Gu Sung Jung? Yeah, Gu Sung Jung. Uh, I knew that 
we had we were going to get one of them. We we're going to keep one of them in that moment because they were both dying. And I did not know who they were going to let us keep. I should have known, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They made the right choice. But yeah. I did kind of think they both might die. Yikes. Yikes. Because they talked so many times about them being destined to be together. Like, people had casually made comments about, like, oh, you and Gusung Jun share a destiny. Hey, don't do that, guys. And then, and then she's shot at the same time as he's shot. Don't talk to me ever again. Nobody talk to me right now. <laughs> I'm panicking. Yeah. Um, her monologue at that point when she's laying on the hospital table dying was so heartbreaking and perfect. Cause, okay. Um, we say it at least once every freaking K drama that we watch. We love a good monologue. Like we, go- <laughs> I think we said it about. Gusung Jung when he gave a monologue that was like a villain monologue. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, so her little monologue about how she had a dream where she could have chosen to not experience it all and uh, she would have been safe and everything would have been fine and she never would have experienced all of this pain and she chose it anyway. Wow, that really messed me up, okay? <laughs> That's really deep. Deep cuts, okay? Okay. Um, you're the one on the hospital table dying, but, you know, my heart kind of feels like it's stopping too, Sayri. Thank you. We're both gonna die now. Please stop monologuing. This is beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Never stop. But please. My please. heart. But how did they so masterfully interweave these moments of, like, heart-wrenching and beautiful and comical all together. I don't understand it. It's bizarre. This show- It's perfect. I don't even know how it's real. It feels so perfect. This show is flawless. I don't understand how they go from such uh, visceral feelings of heartbreak and worry to just, like, making you laugh. Was this the one with the storyline of- she might have a scandal with her bodyguard with the broad shoulders. Yeah, I think so. So good. Such, like, subtle uh, comedy. Was it? Man, I can't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, well, it doesn't matter, because they have a lot of subtle comedy. There was that moment, there was a million other moments of subtle comedy. Um, I feel like there was a point in time where I laughed out loud, and then I felt so self-conscious, because I remembered you and I were watching it together, and I... Uh, it may have been after our audio had cut out, and I laughed out loud, and you didn't, and I was like, it's fine, and everything's fine, and nothing's weird. (laughs) Oh no, you get so worried when I don't laugh along with you, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Honestly, it it could have been that we just didn't have audio at that point in time, which... Which, like, not surprising. For some reason, our internet connection is terrible. It could be the 3,000 miles between us... Who's to say? Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at for some reason. Yeah, it could be that uh, the Wi-Fi that I connect to is, like, two floors above me in the furthest corner of the house. Wow. We need to get you a yeah. super long Ethernet cable. Yeah. For my MacBook that doesn't have an Ethernet port. Yeah. <laughs> I know computers. I'm pretty sure we can do this. Um, I remember us both 
yelling at the TV when Yoon Se-ri was running towards Ri Jung-hak as he was crossing the border into North Korea. That is lit- is the last time. There there's one time that I can think of in this world that you do not run at another human being. Like, no matter, like, no matter the circumstances. No matter how romantic you almost it is. Got, n- yeah, because uh, you, for sure, like, for sure, for sure, nearly got every person standing on that road killed. Like, not to mention the fact that you did just get shot a couple weeks ago. You did almost die yesterday. You probably shouldn't be running for your own sake, which seemed to be, adorably, the only thing that Ri jung was actually concerned about. But gosh darn if we didn't think everybody was about to die in a giant shootout. <laughs> Homegirl, please don't run here. This is not a safe zone. Nope. Oh. Uh, yeah. Romance, was, though. Yeah, the romance was beautiful. I was angry. <laughs> But watching him step over the line, just like he did into South Korea when he crossed the border to kiss her. Yes, I'm surprised they he's didn't crossing grab him. borders. <laughs> yeah, he's crossing borders like crazy these days. Honestly, he's back and forth, back and forth like it's we never nothing. know. Like we're we're always surprised when he crosses borders too. I am always surprised. You know, <laughs> he steps over the border to kiss her. He runs over the border to stop her from running. He crawls through a tunnel for like 24 straight hours. He flies to Switzerland to see her every year. Yeah, or he lives there and she flies to see him every year. Oh, I don't think she would ever leave him if he was there. From what I understood, he was living in Pyongyang and as part of the competition that her brother's company funded, he and other elite uh, musicians would fly for two weeks to this, like, concert boot camp sort of thing in Switzerland for two weeks every year. Man, that's kind of sad, actually. I'm not, like, 100% satisfied with that. I'm gonna say that's absolutely what Twitter told me was going to happen, and I'm still peeved about that. I will never forgive whoever spoiled the ending six hours after it aired and said, so they only get to get be together two weeks out of the year? That's so sad. Like, hey, get off my Twitter. You're not allowed to use it if you don't understand the platform. it's only been six hours. So, so I did know the ending. But, you know, it's happy sad. It's as best as we could get. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm glad they get to see each other at all, but it's gonna be really hard to raise their twin daughters together when they only see each other two weeks of the year, (laughs) but I guess whatever. Oh, Raquel, don't say that. You're going to make me sad again. <laughs> what is the I'm just legal- doing what K-dramas taught me to. What is the legal status of their children? I'm guessing probably for sure just South Koreans. Because uh, it would be pretty tricky to explain why you need a dual citizenship in South and North Korea. See, and I, I, was, I think they'd have to be born somewhere. I was thinking they might be born in Switzerland, but I forgot that oh. uh, it takes nine months to make a baby and probably she wouldn't need <laughs> to fly back to Switzerland to see Hyunbin when he wasn't going to be there. <laughs> Just hold those babies in for three more months so he can see the birth of his children. Siri, you can Please do thanks. this. <laughs> Gestation period of 12 months. There's two of them. It's got to take a little bit longer. <laughs> That's how twins work. <laughs> That's how twins work. 
pretty sure that's the opposite. But, you know, baby science. It wasn't my major. <laughs> I just know what I know. I just know facts. <laughs> Rock facts. <laughs> what a beautiful country, though. I do think we need to get a $6 million vacation home in Switzerland that we can go to every summer for the two months yes. out of the year that it's not buried in a hundred feet of snow i love it do you want to meet there every year for two or yet yeah, once per year for two weeks and then yes. um do you know how many people are doing that now let's let's research some numbers how many people are yeah. doing that now because that's iconic yep that is we can call it crash landing on ewing <laughs> we'll work it out we'll we'll workshop the title we'll workshop the, the name the new verb we've created <laughs> crash landing in switzerland these couples a bunch of couples romantically spending time in switzerland and then also emily and raquel weirdly spending <laughs> couple time in switzerland <laughs> we're just star-crossed best friends <laughs> it's fine it's not weird at all Mm -mm. There was a very important thing I was going to say on the matter of, um, it was probably about living in Switzerland. It's hard to say now at this point. I don't even know why I brought that up. So, um, there was one thing I wanted to confront before we get, we should, we should circle back again to Seiri and, uh, Ri Jun Hyuk, just because it's like, we should probably end on a happy note talking about them and their beautiful love and everything that's good about it. But we should also talk about how her brother got yucked up <laughs> by this, like, system, which, like, finally, that's what we were waiting for. How did that take so much? How did that take Sodan's intervening for him to get arrested. I'm pretty sure she released the information contained in some gangster's phone, like one of the gangsters that killed her her man, Gusun. Wow, it is so hard for me. Gusun Jung. You nailed it. Killed it. Okay. Yeah, um I yeah, I think that she was able to like there's not much she can do from North Korea, but what she can do is like disseminate the information that uh she made available by like going after those people okay it's still not entirely clear but i have a better picture either way it shouldn't have taken a sweet north korean child for sehyung to get arrested he did so many bad things i know he was very careful but was the recording not enough I don't know. I guess not, honestly. Yeah. It feels like maybe it should have been in that. Like, maybe they should have been in prison before. But they're definitely in prison now and getting a divorce, which, no surprise there. They clearly hated each other. Yeah. She can do a lot better. And perhaps he can become a better person if he ever gets out, which I don't... I'm neither here nor there on wanting him to. But if he does get out, perhaps he'll have a chance at a second life without his crazy wife. And you know, Mama Yoon was still showing up for her kids, even there at the end, when after she was... I mean, I'm pretty sure that whole family was really done with him. <laughs> was just like, you know who we're done with? Sehyun. Sehyun. But then she still would go visit him in prison, and I feel like that's the sign of a parent who is, like, really, really parenting, you know? Which is to say... I think a lot of parents would show up for their kids that way, even if they were psychotic, um, because 
I think that you don't stop loving your child even if they're a psychopath. I have no clue. I have no frame of reference. Your dog's uh, a my bit dog of a psychopath. Is, <laughs> yeah, my dog is really difficult. He's a very <laughs> difficult dog. It does feel like actual psychopathy sometimes. Uh, I shouldn't make jokes about that. Psychopathy is a thing. Um, my dog is very difficult, though, and I still absolutely love and advocate for him. So, uh, which is to say, if he, like, did a murder, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he didn't or cover it up, but I would show up for him in prison, in dog prison. So. Come visit him. You know? I'd- but he definitely should be in prison. Not your dog. Mm-hmm. Say <laughs> To be clear, your dog has never murdered somebody. Maurice <laughs> should maybe also be in prison. <laughs> it's not a crime to cry during every one of our podcasts. But if it were Maurice, <laughs> you'd be in prison. Yeah, I mean, he's bitten people, so... Oh, no! <laughs> we're working on it. We are. We're gonna do some classes. We're gonna figure this out. I'll just stay in Japan for another year while he sorts himself out. I'm not ready to get bit. I'm very scared. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, she really showed up as a mom for all of her kids, and good for her. I like that. I like that she was able to repair her relationship with Yunsei. Obviously, we love a good mom. But also, I love that she supported Yunseiri in sort of low-key manipulating her brother into helping Seiri's romance. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. I think, again, as a good parent, she just understands that one of her kids definitely isn't nearly as smart as a couple other of her children, you know? And I think that she was just kind of... It's lighthearted, right? To have him spend a bunch of money from his business to... It really... It's win-win-win. Yeah. So, may as well, what, like, help her one kid uh, manipulate her dumb kid. Because she's manipulating him into being a better person, so it's Mm -hmm. fine. It's all above board. But gosh darn, the last scene that we got with her brother, whose name I have no idea, her oldest brother. Seijun. Seijun. And his wife, adorably snuggling on the couch, so proud of themselves. Perfect ending for that couple. I loved it so much. Yeah, those two sweet dummies. <laughs> Go live your sweet dumb lives. I love that you took a back seat, you stopped vying for the CEO position, you're chilling, you're vibing, and you're in love. That's the best I could hope for for you two. Yeah, you're living your best life. Super cute. Um, I think the last scene we got with all of our boys is them going to the market and being very proud of Seiri and her perfect products, and then being a little bit sad that they would never see her again, which is rough, Mm -hmm. but also was a very pure moment of cheering your friends on, even when you're no longer part of their lives. Yeah, like these boys who started off hating capitalism, having a little moment where they say that she's making a lot of money. <laughs> Good for her. So sweet and pure. Mm-hmm. When they shout little love notes to her over the border, and it's the last time they ever see her, <laughs> I'm actually a little teary right now. <laughs> that was a really good moment. If uh, If we have to pick one thing that always makes us cry. There are many things that make us cry, generally. But one thing 
that always gets us, for sure, without fail, is goodbyes. This show... 100%. This show went ham on their goodbyes. Just over and over again, just goodbyes. Uh, Like, really painful, bittersweet ones. Just constantly. (laughs) I'm glad it's over. (laughs) I can't do it anymore. The show... The show was flawless. Everyone got their good endings. Um, a couple, like, I don't know. I'm sure there's more we can talk about, so I don't mean to make it sound like I'm wrapping up if you had more to bring up, but um, a couple, like, notable things that were just so magical. Uh, Man Bok got a job as an audio guy on a movie set for North Korean movies, and the last scene we get of him is him standing in a field just listening to the sound of the wind blow through the reeds and it's like stunning and everything and i guess it like it really drives home how poetic they made every ending like every ending was maybe not the happiest it could have been but it was exactly what every character needed like i don't know his obviously was the happiest it could have been and he deserved that after everything but kind of going back to like Soran's ending and how she she got to feel like a a whole complete person confident in in what she was doing and like she's living her best life and obviously what we would have wanted for her was getting to like live happily with uh Gusun Jun but like boy howdy did we get like a beautiful ending for her and i mean even even gusun john's ending was was beautiful because he finally found like something he loved more than his own life and was willing to die for it and he was happy because she was safe so i guess what i'm trying to say is they really messed me up they really got me (laughs) i'm pretty much ruined i'm not I'm fine. <laughs> it's just so good. It's actually flawless. I'm mad that we watched it because why am I crying a week after the finale? <laughs> because it's that good. It still has our feelings all wrapped up in it. Remember when Gusung Jun saved so Dan? He's such a good boy. He's a very good boy. <laughs> I hate this show. Yeah, it's actually. Here's where I'm at. We made a lot of jokes about how it was ruining us throughout the uh, throughout the series. We, I mean, you've been here. You've heard our episodes multiple times. I said this show is going to ruin me. This show is ruining me. This show is wrecking me. <laughs> I honestly don't know how to, like, make a comeback from this show. We've got to watch something so stupid next that we can't feel anything anymore. (laughs) Because right now I'm very vulnerable. I'm feeling like I was ripped wide open and I'm done with it. I can't live like this. Crash landing on you. 16 episodes of such stunning beauty and Poetum, po- poet, poeticism, po- poetry, stupidest boy alive. I could 
couldn't remember the word poetry. Um, gosh darn. Perfect show. 10 out of 10. I, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard not to compare. It's that thing that we've said for the past few years, like, Goblin is the 10 out of 10. It is the standard, the golden boy. And I don't think it has diminished how great every other show is. But this one's top right now. This one's the best show I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen a better show. Like, let's take genre out of it. It's a very good show. It's a very good show. I want everyone to watch it. I mean, it feels like everyone has at this point. It's pretty (laughs) popular on Netflix. It's pretty popular on Netflix, but then... Sometimes I ask my friends if they've seen it, and they're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Do you ever feel like maybe you're completely disconnected from the rest of the world and what you watch, like, because of what you watch? Because I feel very disconnected. We were talking, we watched another show on Netflix, uh, another movie the other night. It was a Korean movie. Um, we talk about it a little bit in our super uh, interestingly formatted bonus episode. <laughs> Uh, if you are on Patreon, I believe it's up there maybe by now. Anyway, uh, at the end, it always plays advertisements. And I realized that I don't think that Netflix has shown me a trailer that wasn't, like, in Korean in a long, long, long time. And I, like, I've saved a couple of non-Korean things, but I just watch so much Korean television that at this point... Netflix is like, we, kn- we know what you like. It's this. It's, it's this. only this. This is <laughs> the only thing you want to see. And um, when K-dramas are also like the only thing you talk about, and then you start referencing like actors and stuff, and then you think, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's like, I objectively knew that like the friends we were watching a Korean movie with had no clue who these actors were. But I just have no clue what the kids these days are watching because if they're not watching like crash landing on you and uh memories of the alhambra or whatever that is then i i guess i just don't know what they're watching (laughs) what are are we watching guys what's on tv i don't know cool cats um i get that it's i do talk to my family enough and i feel like to be not just to be part of the family but just like I enjoy watching shows together with my family and then being able to talk about them. So I do watch a lot of the shows that my family watches. A lot of Netflix shows. I just watch way too much TV, I think. Might be the thing. But I get that. That I mean, that's the whole reason we started this podcast, is because there's so many people like us. I mean, you and I are kind of the only K-drama friends in our lives, and we're very, very far apart. So we're just out here. Feels like we're doing, like, a radio broadcast into the abyss, into the wasteland, and hoping that people pick it up, and they're like, hey, I like K-dramas, too, and come join us and talk to us. Yeah, we get, like, one little voice in the distance that is like, me, too, and we're like, okay, let's be best friends and family forever, so... Then we can talk about K-dramas and actors and things all the time. I promise yeah, we will. Just so we you guys know, it. like, we did definitely just, like, straight up adopt the people that have been talking to us um, regularly about K-dramas, just, like, into our little family friend group. Totally obsessed at this point, you know? Like, we're friends, right? We're, like, actually friends. Um, there's still room, you know, in this little family friend group. Gotta get in soon, though, because... <laughs> Raquel's got a cutoff date. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be all friended up eventually. <laughs> no. You can come be my no, I'm friend. I'm just kidding. I have a yeah, lot more spare time than Raquel. 
<laughs> it's it's always open, you know? But, like, we want to hear from you. <laughs> what I'm saying. Because <laughs> going real hard on the time limit. Double down. Yeah. You better get in here soon. <laughs> Wean into it. Um, we love to hear from you, though. We've got a couple of places to do that. We have our email. It's a great place to reach us if you want to write, like, a little a little blurb, a little blog about uh, what you loved about Crash Landing on You. Any cool facts you know? I don't know any fun facts. Emily knows some fun facts. If you have any cool fun facts for us, then you can find us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is playonk.com where you can find all of our past episodes. And there you can comment directly on the episodes. Tell us what you think, what you're feeling. You can sign up for our newsletter so you never miss when we start a new drama and you get what I watched each month in review. And you can find a link to our Patreon on there where you can find lots of bonus content, lots of stuff that doesn't make it to the podcast but is super relevant and you might be interested in. So check us out there as well. We're on Twitter. Emily is fairly active on Twitter. I'm almost never on it, but I do like to check it out sometimes um if you add us and just like have anything to say or if you want to message us or or anything like that we're at play on k yeah and then we are on lots of streaming platforms like itunes blueberry and stitcher and you can leave a rating and review let us know how you feel about the podcast if you give us a nice rating and a nice review we will of course give you a shout out on the podcast it means so much to us if you give us a mean review we will read it and take your criticism to heart forever so just like know that that's fine <laughs> just like make it constructive please yeah like i guess just don't go into it trying to ruin us because you potentially could you have that power absolutely <laughs> <laughs> thank you james hevel for our theme song we love it and we love you we love it and we love you and we love you all for listening thank you so much and join us next week for our bonus episode of crash landing on you okay bye okay bye